Welcome back to Two Blondes and a Microphone. Two Blondes and a Microphone. Yeah, get a little more emphasis in it. <laughs> We're back, better than ever. I'm Casey. I'm Sam. And we are so excited to be back for our first official but second podcast of this season. Episode. It, it was so cool seeing how many people were actually so interested in the podcast when the Instagram came out, when we first Big posted. Drop. It was really cool, and I don't know if I was expecting that, but after posting and seeing how many people commented saying how interested they were, that was a pretty cool feeling. I don't know. I I didn't think that people wouldn't be interested, but at the same time, it's just like, there's also about a million podcasts out in the world, mm-hmm. so I just feel like sometimes, it's like, oh, it's another podcast with two girls, but at the same time, it's like, no, we're Sam and Casey, um, this is going to be a little bit different, I hate to break it to you. Yeah, I can mess up the name of the podcast <laughs> again, so who really knows? I think we're going to end up doing that every single time we record, because I screw it up all the time. It's so funny, because I was so legitimate in trying to get the name right, and there's so many things going on the first time, and I go, oh my gosh. You were so serious. I literally messed up the very first episode, so I hope you guys got a good laugh. I got a good idea of how this podcast is really going to go because this is not professional. No. This is not to blow up and be really popular because of it. It's because we like to sit and do it and it's fun. Yeah. And we we are definitely going to screw up. And we're not editing any of these episodes, I don't think. And I think that's what's interesting about our podcast is we want them to be unedited. People make their social media posts, their podcasts so perfect Like, everyone speaks normally all the time. I'm a speech pathology graduate student, and when I mess up or stumble over my words, I'm like, gosh, you shouldn't mess up. You're a speech pathology grad student. I work with words. And I'm like, that's not really how things go. So it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And pictures on social media are not perfect and all that. Not that I was going a whole tangent about... Yeah, we're not going to do that. But today's episode, we're going to go a little more into Sorority 101 like we were talking about last week. Because Sam and I mentioned we are actually big and little. Go back (laughs) to last week if you want to hear a little bit more about how we became big and little. Too funny. Love that story. It's such a good story. It is a good story. If you haven't heard our first episode, then you need to hear, if anything, just that portion. Because it's just such a weird story and it's very interesting and I think it's just... So random based on how everybody else meets their little. I know. And they're big. It's just so weird. And even me meeting my little, too. It's just weird also. But so it's kind of weird how streak life works. I will be completely honest. When I rushed my freshman year here, I was so in tune with what I had to be to go in and be this person that presented themselves mm-hmm. as this sorority girl. I honestly, and this is kind of embarrassing, went to a friend of mine who was about to graduate college at the time and asked her for tips on sorority life. And I think that no one does that, but that's how it was. I know you can get recommendation letters or something yeah. like that. That's and I was so into it. Here? Not really. I okay. think our school's really small compared to a lot so. of schools. It's not like a southern school where you can get yes, the, I think my friends the status of, hey, you're going to be bumped up a level if you have a letter from someone else. Yeah. But I was so in tune with trying to go through Rush so smoothly and all about how to do it right, how to go about knowing that 
this is how you're going to present yourself. This is what you're going to say. So my first rush experience was very interesting my freshman year. I went through it, ended up getting into the sorority I wanted, and uh, it ended up being the sorority that I didn't stay in, uh, to be completely honest. It's a different story, but I went through my rush experience, and I won't mention names of the sorority houses, but I went through rush, got the house I wanted, and I just kind of realized that I wasn't clicking with the girls that I thought I initially did, Mm -hmm. you know? So... My first rush experience was different in that I chose a house that I thought I would fall in love with, did fall in love with, and just realized it wasn't right for me. And that was so hard, especially my freshman year, knowing that I just joined something right when I started college, and it originally wasn't right for me within a few months. That had to be weird. Yeah, and I I think you're trying to figure out your place in college, and so figuring that out, plus going about dropping a sorority within a few first few months I literally dropped it probably a day or two before initiation so it was a really hard decision for me um going about that but then I rushed again my sophomore year and I found Tri-Delta Murphy is in the background again if you can't hear she's flinging her toy around this kills me sometimes it's um I don't know she's got a bone inside of another toy and she's like throwing it on the ground it's a big thud but Better than the jingle you heard in the last episode. <laughs> we learn so from funny. our mistakes. We learn from our mistakes. I think it kind of added a special, you know, like, this is our podcast because Murphy's in the back and she jingles. <laughs> <laughs> We're nuts. Um, but anyways, that was kind of my really general rush story, and I think it's a different one, but also it's hard being able to go through and you have this house already and you have to go through the rush process all over again your sophomore year knowing exactly what to expect but looking at completely different houses and you um, wanted to be in one so it was like I did to you. Yeah, yeah I knew that I wanted to be in Greek life it's just I didn't find my right house initially if that makes sense which would be I can't because I rushed as a freshman and I am still in the same one that I mm-hmm. had initially wanted, but to be honest, when I was going through it, I didn't want Tri-Delta. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't, and I think that, like, I did not know about any of the houses here before I went through recruitment. Like, I didn't research them. I didn't didn't want to do anything. I don't think that was mine, was it? Probably not. But anyway, my computer's making noises. Um... I went through it with really no idea of, like, which house I would want to be in, and then after the first, no, after the first two days of welcome rounds, I got dropped from, like, almost every single house except for four. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a very rude awakening for me, and I was, like, confused because, you know, they look at grades, and they look at, like, what you did in high school and things like that, and I was just confused because I did so much stuff in mm-hmm. high school. had a really good GPA when I graduated high school, so I was like, hmm. And it's really interesting going through the rush process, going through it again, and then seeing it on the other side, my junior year, Sam's sophomore year, mm-hmm. how it actually works. And it's so strange. It's so strange, and you almost want a perfect system, but that means that you have to sit there for hours, and that's not realistic, and so... You're going through, and this sounds horrible, but going through and almost putting one through four, like, how did you connect? How did you feel about this girl? And um, do you see her fitting in our house? And that is how it's determined, in a sense. It's determined by the girls in the house if they see those individuals clicking and seeing if they would actually be good in the house. It's just weird because it's like, especially welcome rounds is two days for us. I don't know how it works for other schools, Mm -hmm. but... 
you know, you meet all these girls in, I think, I think 11 rounds one day and nine the next day or something. It's just a crazy number. And you're exhausted. I always said, everyone come in your pajamas. Seriously. They're, like, you no come reason. in dresses and this full ball makeup. Come in your pajamas. I would love it, and I know everyone else would, too. It would just be, like, I think it'd just be so different if it were, like, casual wear, casual. Because you're only having realistically like five minute conversations with one person and in each round you're talking to three or four different people mm-hmm. so it's and how like, can you judge how someone do you know in five someone? minutes i mean most people some people you can i'm sure but you cannot judge someone in five minutes and know their whole story and how nerve-wracking is it to face someone you never know so they could judge you and then that determines where you're gonna right. spend the next four years and being the Potential new member. Yeah, that's nerve-wracking. so scary because you don't know if you're making the right impression. Like, you want to, you want people to see that you're the person you are. You're a nice human being. Like, you want to be here and you're interested in the philanthropy and the sisterhood and all that. But, like, sometimes that message doesn't get across. And sometimes, I think I did this when I was, I think it was philanthropy round or something, that I made it very clear to whoever was recruiting me that I wanted to be here. That I was like, this is the house that I picture myself in now. And obviously, initially... I didn't like it at first because I was just so upset about getting dropped from all the other options that I had, mm-hmm. so it just narrowed it down for me really quickly, but I think it was a slap in the face, but at the same time, I don't regret any part of it because it's like, I don't think I would have, this is where I'm supposed to be, and if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't have met you, and I wouldn't have met my <laughs> little, and like, all the other friends that I've made, so it's just weird to think about how... It would have literally it been so gone. different. And I think not only in Greek life, but just life in general, everything does happen for a reason. It's hard to realize in the moment that what's happening to you is all part of what you're supposed to be doing, what your path is supposed to be. And that sounds really deep for Greek life, but almost going through the process and meeting people who are similar to you and getting into a certain house that fits or meshes well with your personality, it's hard, but I think... Everyone always saying trust the process is definitely the way to go. It's such a cliche saying, but like seriously, because I remember my one of my closest friends, Megan. Hi, Megan Cheney. Um, <laughs> she and I were at the same Rho Gamma table. Oh, were you guys really? Yes. Morgan and I were at the same. Really? Yeah. So a That's girl who ended up joining the sorority as well and I were in the same area for our dorm rooms and we became friends and... We ended up being in the same sorority, too. But I'm like, are you kidding me? How are we at the same table out of 50 to 70 tables? There's so many people. Yeah. Um, But she and I went through Rush together, and she and I were on two completely different paths. Like, she had a lot more houses than I did. She was just very interested in certain ones over the ones that I was interested in. And I remember on bid day, so we stood in the bone, and they put your bid on the ground, and you had to look at it and stand over it and wait until it was time. And Megan woman was like <laughs> freaking out because she and I um both prepped Tri Delta but we also prepped two different houses so we weren't sure how it was okay. gonna go and she noticed the handwriting on both the envelopes was the same she goes there's no way there's no way it's not Tri Delta she's freaking out she's I'm like Megan don't you that's so it. funny that she like, knew Megan, the don't. handwriting was so particular yeah I don't and know yours was the was. same I don't I don't know, I don't know she and I absolutely lost our mind when we opened our bids and it was the same one because <laughs> At first, like, Megan and I obviously weren't close going through Rush at all, but then knowing her going into 
like being a new member and being able to meet my whole pledge class was so much easier because I had her. And then we met my friend Claudia. I met Claudia at our Around the World event um, where I interacted with you. Um, and I love then, the word interacted I, I with you. <laughs> and then um, I also met Jacqueline. But I met Jacqueline also during Rush because we sat at the same table when we came to Tried Out together. Oh, okay. But she wanted a different house. I know that Tried Out wasn't her top choice, but... And it's funny how it works out. Like I said, my first round mm-hmm. going through... It just didn't work going through recruitment. Yeah. And I did trust the process, but it's okay to say, no, this isn't working for me because sometimes that's what you need to do. I obviously don't know, but like... If you're feeling that way, because mm-hmm. I have someone, I know someone that's kind of going through the same thing right now and just can't decide if she wants to stay or if she wants to get out of it because she's thinking about transferring schools and okay. she just doesn't think that she fits in. And it's like, if you don't feel comfortable, like, get out of that. Because I think that's like, a sign. If there's, yeah. usually if there's a little hesitation, I think that's usually a sign that Maybe talking to someone about how you're feeling and going through saying, okay, yeah. maybe this isn't the right thing for me, which is totally fine. I know that there's this general slogan for Greek life of friends for life or something like that. Like Yeah, something lame. Like yeah, that. something lame. Like, and I'm sorry, and I love, I like being a sorority a lot, but you make one or two really good friends and you stay close with a few yeah. people and honestly... That's basically all it is. Honestly, I mean, you just what interact it is. with everyone else for the... You know, most of the, the events, yeah. And, like, oh, I don't remember what I was going to say now, but... It's I just mean, like being in a club or something like that. You are oh, there yeah. to join in, and, I mean, we could talk about that later, but why we think yeah. being in one is so important, or reasons why. But like, I remember, because in high school, I played basketball and soccer, and I did badminton, and I was always a part of, like, a team. And I really liked that, because, mm-hmm. obviously, growing up, you're playing with the same people, too. And that's something that I always really enjoyed about my soccer and basketball is because I've been playing with the same people since elementary school and then, and you know, ending with high school. And mm-hmm. it was, I was like, okay, I really want something similar to that, but I'm done with my, you know, with my athletic career. Like, I, I don't want to do that in college. I want to move on, try something new. And I figured that being in a sorority is the same feel because it's like, it's still a big group of girls centered around one focus, Definitely. but it's not the sport anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was a big transition for me. It was really hard to, like, adjust myself. I don't know why it was so hard to adjust myself, but it was. Being in a sorority? Just, like, not having that sport in my life, too, okay. anymore. Like, I had all these things I had to go to the house for and, like, the new member meetings and all these things that I didn't, I didn't not enjoy. I enjoyed going through it. It was just a lot at the time. And for a while, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be worth it. And, of course, like, the money aspect, too, is, like, a big question, so. I even had that written down. I've heard that so many times. Like, you're paying for your friends or something along those lines. Okay, but, like, to be honest, you kind of are. (laughs) Like, I'm, we, I joke around with Megan and Jacqueline all the time and our our other friends, too, because you kind of are. Because if you think about it, if you drop it, you're probably not going to see them as much anymore just because you're not involved in, like, the daily activities. In what you're doing and going to those right. meetings, events, yeah. and dances and everything. And not it sounds bad. It's, friends, exactly. But. but it sounds bad, and it's nothing against Greek life or sororities or anything in particular. It's just you're paying X amount every semester to hang out with people and go to events, which is great. I mean, that's awesome Yeah. if you're interested in that. But also, I, I never really thought that was a lie. Like, oh, you're kind of right. You are paying for your friends. Like, you can't really defend it because it's no. like, you're paying to be in this group of people, and if you're not in it anymore, then you're not 
most likely going to hang around them as much anymore. It sounds really bad. It does, but, like, it's I true. was talking to my friends about it because it's so true. It's, like, it sounds horrible, but I was, I think I was talking to Alyssa about it, too, about how if, like, we didn't have chapter every week and we didn't have the member developments and, like, dances and stuff. Think and about who you wouldn't see. Like, I wouldn't see a lot of people, and it's, like, at that point, those relationships would probably just end up fizzling because they would continue to hang out with everyone, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I guess like you are paying for your friends, but at the same time, you do have those friendships forming because of being in a sorority. Yeah. And like I said, in my opinion, it was never oh you have sisters for life. That's what it was, sisters for life. You make a really good friend or two, I think, from being in the same area, being in the same. Yeah. It's kind of like high school. Meetings and everything like that. I feel like you like start that. off with a bunch of friends, and then it just slowly narrows down, because, like, your pledge class, maybe it was different for you because you were a sophomore and, like, most That was a different situation, too, because of going through rush freshman year but not staying with that group. I was in a new group, or what is it called? A new pledge class. Pledge class thank you. A new pledge class <laughs> my sophomore year. Words are hard. New pledge class my sophomore year, but they were all a year younger than me, and I graduated a semester early, so I'm... Yeah, was, I, again, with the pledge class I should have been. So I was really, I jumped really around a lot. But I did find my group, I think, in it that I've yeah. stayed close with to this day. And also, I think it's nice because you do find people in your major, too, that are... anyone in the really? that's my major. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. I see, like, Kara Sockleben. Yeah. We're friends to this day, and I met her on the bus on the way to Tridelsa. During recruitment. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we ended up being part of the same pledge class. So, I mean, I think you meet a lot of people, and I don't mean that in a bad way. You're paying for your friends. You just pay dues, and you happen you to meet people. You pay to be in the group of people you're in. Exactly. That's just a nice way of putting it. It's yeah. not like I'm paying you directly to stay my friend, even though you're not in Tridelta anymore. Your mom pays me to hang out with you. <laughs> that would be the most depressing <laughs> thing in the whole wide world. Um, anywho, <laughs> moving on. So, I think one thing that... I really benefit from in a sorority Come on. is is um, going through and being part of a philanthropy. So if you're not familiar with the philanthropy aspect of a sorority, each sorority or each house on a campus nationally has a philanthropy that they work to donate towards every year. And Tri-Delta's philanthropy, which is the best philanthropy ever, is St. Jude. Hello. I love having that philanthropy (laughs) in a sorority. I think everything we work towards, like doing the pancake breakfast Mm -hmm. and doing different philanthropy events, and knowing that all the money was going towards these little kids that are in St. Jude or maybe have um, been living on the campus of St. Jude, was such a great feeling, and we were really interactive. We got to go to Memphis and see go? these kids. I went separately. I didn't go. I went with my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I did take the same tour that you would have. So I'm, I think I'm gonna do. Our you definitely should. Oh gosh, it's such a moving experience. So I think that philanthropy part of a sorority is one of the more moving factors of being mm-hmm. part of a group like that. And you have speakers, yeah. and you get to go to the Memphis campus. Campus, you get to raise money by doing different events that are. Honestly, really fun. They're they're definitely. I thought like the pancake breakfast was always fun. Yeah. I mean those types of things. There are certain yeah. ones that are so small, to be completely honest, that yeah. it was almost a task to do. But those bigger events were fun. Were yeah, really fun. Yeah. Because we, um, our philanthropy chair now, we just had an event 
last week, but it wasn't held at the house, and we took away Mac Attack, because I think it was just... Do you want to explain Mac Attack? Mac Attack is just an event that we had at our house that was to raise money for St. Jude, and we would have other chapters of... Fraternities and sororities come, and they could make mac and cheese. And like a then, baking competition. Yeah, and then um, some cupcakes, some chapters made. So we had judges that judged it, and then first, second, and third place, I think, got money towards their own philanthropy. Which is awesome, too, because you yeah. have philanthropies all around campus, like JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, I think is one. Um, for March Madness, Chi Omega, they do Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is absolutely awesome. So all these different sororities definitely have their own that yeah. they go towards, but you work with each other during different philanthropy events yeah, to donate just to towards participate yours. Mm-hmm. Like, and the one we do, um, or actually the one we just did, was in the Fell building, School of Calm building, and it was just a table that was set up, and they were selling Hershey Kisses and roses for two dollars and we actually made over three hundred dollars did you guys really decent um and our friend to be chair was really surprised it like exceeded her expectations so like even little events That's like cute that around valentine's day though but like three hundred dollars like it costs i think a little over a million dollars to run the hospital a day and so i mean three hundred dollars is a very small portion of that if you really think about it but at the same time it's like if you have every chapter of Tri-Delta over the entire country raising $300 around the same time, like, you're probably going to donate a whole entire day of running that campus. Mm-hmm. So it's like... And every patient, yeah. I think it's good to mention, doesn't pay for anything when they go to St. Jude. This is totally a St. Jude, like, Plus. promotional. Yes. Here. But they... I didn't know that until I joined Tri-Delta that they don't pay and they just go there to treat their child and they don't worry about medical bills or housing bills. It's just... It's completely free. Which is awesome. Which is... That's the last thing you want to be worried crazy, about. crazy, because, like, having to deal with childhood cancer as, like, the child or as the parent, I can't... I can't imagine. But I remember when I was going through recruitment and I did philanthropy day or round or whatever, I was with Morgan. And at the same time, my uncle was still sick with cancer, too. So, not that he's a, a child, per se, but it was still hit me pretty hard because I've never had anyone in my family besides him to, like suffer from cancer Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of like okay I learned all about St. Jude and then I remember getting on the bus leaving Tridel and I was like okay I have to be here Mm -hmm. like this is just something that I want to be able to do until I graduate and move on with my own life and it's just like I feel like that'd be a good way to like kind of tribute him in a way to even though it's more about the children than it is the adults Mm -hmm. in the situation but still I like that it's important I know, I, and I, I really do think that philanthropy was one of the big reasons being part of Tri-Delta was a meaningful experience when I was going through it, and Sam probably would say the same thing. Um, and the friendships you make, like we joked around before, it's friends for life, or you pay for your friends, but seriously, I've made some really remarkable relationships that have carried on, even from people living in St. Louis and me living in Chicago. Mm-hmm that continue on even past the college years, um, which is really nice to have, too. And we're pretty lucky just in general because most of the people that go to Illinois State are from Illinois. So at the same time, they're usually, like, if you're making really good friends, like Megan and Jacqueline, like, and even Alyssa, too, but you live 20 minutes from me, so we see each other all the time (laughs) when we're at home. But, like, Alyssa lives, I think, less than 30 minutes from me, and I go and see her sometimes over break. I'll see Jacqueline and Megan sometimes over break, too, which is so nice. Um, so you could carry on those relationships even when you're not at school, but definitely being in a sorority has helped a ton 
um, building those relationships and moving past college with them. Because it's just like, it's not just about being in Tri-Delta. It's about, okay, I made this wonderful group of friends that I absolutely love to death. And I can't imagine going through the college experience without these particular people. Mm-hmm, even though, like, you just never know. But I think the third thing that I definitely wanted to bring up with being in a sorority is the responsibility well, and mentor, mentorship and yeah. the positions and leadership that it brings out in an individual. Yeah. Even pushing them beyond their limits and having a position in a sorority to contribute to the overall sorority, but push your individual self past something that you would normally do. Mm-hmm. Push you it's out of your comfort zone, in a sense. It's just like, because I know you had a leadership position last year the year before Mm -hmm. and I have one currently like I mentioned in the first episode and it has its challenges because every position is different and um it's just I also have two assistants which makes it kind of different because some people don't have assistants and they're just completely on their own Mm -hmm. worrying about it um and it's definitely been interesting because in my eyes it's when I am, I'm in charge of social media. I don't know if everyone knows that, but I'm in charge of all that and the recruitment video and the bid day videos and stuff like that. And, um, what was I going to say? The PR and the Instagram page and Facebook and everything like that. Yeah. I think I was going to mention how just, just with the assistant part of it, that it's, been kind of a challenge to delegate work off because I didn't realize how big of a responsibility and just overall job this would be for myself and figuring out like okay one of them can do this one of them can do that but then at the same time I give them permission to use certain things and do certain things and then sometimes they run with it and sometimes I'm like shoot I shouldn't have let them do that because if someone's getting in trouble it's me yeah because it's not the you know no one's coming after them it's going to be me because I'm the one in charge and I think that goes along with the responsibility role where you're learning to delegate but also having a position of your size you're relying on other people so it Mm -hmm. brings that it's hard binding experience but it is hard it's hard to trust people it's hard to put someone into a position where you have to trust them to get a job done when it falls on you. Yeah, because if it's not done. And, like, the thing is, too, is that, you know, my assistants and I are working really hard this year to do a lot of different things that didn't happen in years prior. And it's just proven to be quite a challenge. And I just think that even though we're on the same page most of the time, it's like, okay, someone wants to do this, but someone wants to do it this way. And And it's hard, but I'm also the final say. So I, I want them to feel like they have ideas and they can um, tell me them and we can implement more things that they come up with rather than just me telling them what to do. But it's proving to be uh, more difficult but still really fun because it's the position that I really wanted because mm-hmm. um, I hadn't had a position until this. So it's kind of a big one to just throw yourself into. And in a yeah. Greek life system, in a sorority world, you definitely have something like the president or vice presidents that are in charge of individual subcategories that are really important yeah. and oversees a lot of people. But then you have smaller positions, which are just as important, but you aren't relied on so heavily or it's not as big of a time commitment yeah. or you do not have to be seen in certain categories Instead, you are in charge of a small portion of the sorority. So I think yeah. getting involved in a sorority is hard to put yourself out there and push yourself out of your comfort zone. But there's definitely a position for everyone, whether you're willing to go yeah. above and beyond and commit a lot of time to a position or 
go to a smaller position, maybe to even start as a sophomore and build yourself up to something bigger. Like even freshmen now, like they put their names on the slate. Which I positions. think is so great. And that's one that's of hard my to assistants. Do. Like she put her name down as an assistant, or I, I believe, and yeah. she's my assistant now. And I just think about it, and I'm like, she's gonna build herself up, and she's gonna be able to do more things because she's already gonna have this experience mm-hmm. early. And like myself, I remember my freshman year, yeah. Um, we, I didn't want to run for a position because I just didn't feel prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the dynamic of the sorority was very different at that time too. Um, I just really wasn't ready to do it. And sophomore year, my grades were not where they should have been to be able to do both. So I wasn't able to. And I think that was for the best personally, because I don't think I would have been able to handle like bringing my grades back up and, um, little self plug here, but because I had all that time to do that, I brought my GP up, GPA up, geez, a whole point. So it went from like awesome. a 2.5 to a 3.5. And, and I the was, sorority definitely holds you to that standard mm-hmm, too, right? They do. And it's like if your grades, if you don't meet it every semester, I think we have to be above a 2.6 or 2.7, which isn't necessarily the hardest thing, but it still can be challenging depending on your class. It holds you accountable though. Yes, it does. And I know that we're getting pretty strict with, okay, if you don't have this grade point average, then you're going to get your position taken away. Mm-hmm. And it's smart because then it enforces that rule for, you know, years to come because I don't think it really was for a long time, and now I think it really is, which is, I think is good personally. But um, it's definitely interesting to see that kind of unfold and play a part in literally every part of mm-hmm. it. And, like, this year I obviously had the grades to – be on the slate, and I did, and this year is probably the most busy year of my life, probably the most busy year of your life, and we're doing this also, which is... Which is amazing. Which is so <laughs> wonderful, and so time-consuming at the same time, but we really enjoy it. Yeah. So. I think, so, to sum it up, my top three reasons, and maybe you could say your top three reasons to join a sorority in the end, for me, is the responsibility portion of it, having that leadership in those positions during your time in a sorority, that mentorship and friendship that you will create, mm-hmm. even if people joke around saying you're paying for your friends, <laughs> and that philanthropy, because St. Jude and working with St. Jude was such a rewarding experience that got me involved in something bigger than myself. So I would say those three reasons are my reasons, I would say, to join a sorority. I think mine would be probably pretty similar, like sisterhood, big, big deal, because I really wanted that same focus on a big group, so I'd say sisterhood for me, and definitely, like, gaining more responsibility through being in a sorority, because it does, like, being able to have this position right now is going to help me when I'm looking for jobs in the future, because it's similar to what I want to go into, like, the similar field, so I think for people, too, just having leadership experience, period, is a great thing to go into the job force with. Um, and then third would definitely be philanthropy because it was a huge deal for me going through it and it's still a big deal to me now. And I just, if you're on the brink of rushing and going through it, I think that you definitely should give it a shot. Like don't not do it because someone's telling you not to do it or whatever. I think do it for yourself. Yes. Go through it. See how you feel about it. And if you don't end up going all the way through it, that's fine. But just know that you tried, you gave it your best shot, mm-hmm. and if it ends up working out, it ends up working out. And give yourself the credit for even trying something new. Because you're going through something that is a little abnormal, mm-hmm. a little strange, like we were saying in the beginning. But you're putting yourself into a different position that's pushing you out of your comfort zones. And you have to reward yourself for that. Yes, you do. 
Bless and we hope this podcast really, <laughs> this episode really helps um, kind of dive into like the more in-depth parts of a sorority, I guess, and like what that friendships have those friendships have given you and I. A little sorority I 101. I Tridel has given us this. So Which is pretty cool. Let's not to be all sappy, but you know, it just just being real that, you know, we just hope it helps cuz these are our experiences and our tips and tricks and just give yourself the good old college try. <laughs> That's all I have to <laughs> you say. Got it. <laughs> well, thank you guys again for listening to Two Blondes and a Microphone. Got it right the first time. <laughs> I always ready for you to say podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. And that was a little bit about Sorority 101. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam, and we're signing off with Murphy here, and we hope you tune in next week. See you Thursday.